This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. The question when the calendar flips to February is love. Valentine's Day, every February 14th, Valentine's Day pops up on the calendar and the pressure that comes with that can sometimes be overbearing. I mean, think about it. If you are a new relationship person, you're involved in a new relationship and you're the guy, the pressure's on for you to provide a first Valentine's Day experience. Maybe if you've been together for a number of years, you've come to the realization that a bouquet of flowers the day before is about 95% cheaper than the day of Valentine's Day. And maybe the day after, the restaurants are empty and there's more choices for fine dining at perhaps cheaper prices. But whatever it is, whether you are the one to give or receive flowers, chocolates, cards, going out to expensive restaurants or doing whatever you do on Valentine's Day. Maybe you stay in and you make it a night in. Whatever you do, it's always about a four-letter word, love. Does anything ever come, or should I say, is there anything ever good that starts and is a complete four-letter word? Work is a four-letter word. Is that a good thing? But love, what is love? I mean, what is true love? Definitions can vary from person to person, people to people, culture to culture. Oftentimes, though, when you talk about love and true love, you get different things like a genuine affection or genuine care for somebody. Maybe it's a commitment towards another person. Maybe you're in a relationship, and so now you're one-on-one with that person. Obviously, if it's a marriage involved, Society and virtually everybody, maybe outside of certain faiths, say that it should be one-on-one. But then there are other religions that do have love and marriage and relationships can be beyond that. So it just depends, I guess. True love can be something deeper than just physical attraction towards each other. Maybe you meet somebody and there's an infatuation that encompasses you. And then eventually that infatuation wears off. And then what happens? Does it fade away and the relationship is over? Does it turn into something more blossom into a love flower? Do you get beyond the flaws of somebody? Do you recognize their silent strengths and what makes them a better person than what you first thought? Does true love... Or does your expression of true love include selflessness? That's a hard thing to do in this society is to be selfless and to do acts of selflessness. Even in relationships, selflessness today seems to be a difficult thing to do. What about empathy? What about prioritizing happiness? Maybe the other person's happiness over your happiness. But then maybe you think happiness together should be combined. Equal happiness amongst the Participants in the relationship, the lovebirds. 
Maybe it's putting one's desires over yours. Maybe it's combining the desires. Maybe true love is nurturing each other so that you grow together. A bond, a personal development, a team, overcoming the challenges. You know, riding high with the good, but overcoming the challenges and the struggles and the hardships. Maybe it's a connection that you have with somebody. Maybe it's a fulfillment. And love doesn't always have to be romantic. Love can be a number of things. In fact, when you take a look at the Greek philosophy, especially when you talk about philosophy and literature and maybe academia in Greek culture, you get three primary types of love. And I'm sure you've heard of this, but let's just review. You get the Eros love, not to be confused with the Eros tour of Taylor Swift. It's the Eros love, which is the romantic love. It's the passionate, the sensual love that you experience. It involves the intense feelings of desire, attraction, that longing for one another. It can also be associated with everything that comes with it, like the physical intimacy that you might experience and share. Maybe that intense emotional connection that goes beyond just the surface level. It's the love that you see pretty much everywhere. In fact, Eros is probably the love that is celebrated at Valentine's Day. That romantic love that you all feel. So that's the Eros love. And then you have what they call the Philia love, as in Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. That's what it is. It's Philia is the brotherly love, that friendship love, that love that you have towards somebody else. And and it goes beyond probably uh, like a, a casual thing. You know, it's probably a, a friendship, you know, long, long-time friendship that you might have with somebody. It's based on respect and loyalty. Maybe you have mutual things in common. Uh, you develop similar values. You enjoy similar experiences. So there's a lot of similarities between you and that brotherly love person that you share a friendship with. And in fact, that friendship and camaraderie actually builds a strong bond together. And when you have that strong bond that can't be broken, that band of brothers, right? And you have relationships that most of the time can't be broken, those bonds of friendship, maybe with friends, family, maybe community members, you know, people in the community, neighbors, and it might be different levels for different people. You know, that filet love, that brotherly love might be stronger with lifelong friends than more recent friends, maybe with friends that you've had since childhood versus that going to the bar, having a beer and watching football friends. There's different levels. It just depends. I've always said there's no one size fits all or one thing fits all. So these type of relationships that you have might vary. So you have the Eros love, which is the romantic love, Philea love or Philia love, which is the brotherly love. And then what about agape love? The unconditional selfless, uh, selfless love gets back to that selflessness. So agape love is unconditional. It's selfless. It transcends personal interest and desires. It's sacrificial. 
It is compassionate, has empathy towards others. It might be considered, you know, not to go too far, but charity. When you give charity, you give charitable to organizations or to other people. That could be agape love, right? In those circumstances, it could be a part of religious love, religious experience. It's really not dependent on receiving back, you know. If you're going to give to a charity or if you're going to love somebody out of charity, provide something for them, you don't really expect things in return now, do you? And so traditionally when you talk about love and you talk about the different types of loves that there are, what you have is the eros love, the philia love, and the agape love. And depending on who you're with, you may or may not experience that with one person. You can have all these, I would imagine, with one person, although there are different levels. You might have each one differently, depending on your relationships. And so, again, traditionally, that's what it comes down to. And that's love from the Greek philosophy, from the Greek literature, a worldly look at love. It's also a biblical look at love, too. I mean, when you think about it, you take a look at the different aspects of love. There's God's love towards us, as expressed in John 3.16. There's our love towards God. Then there's the love that we show each other. And then there's the love that we have for things. It's okay to include things and ideas and stuff that we enjoy into that love that we celebrate. Again, you think about God's love towards us, and the big Bible verse that pops out is John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's God sacrificing his son to die on the cross to save us from our sins, a sacrifice. Bible talks about there's no love greater than a man lays down his life for another. And so that's God's love towards us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us, giving up his son. What about uh, in Corinthians? Sometimes Corinthians is quoted at weddings, considered the love chapter in the Bible. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, and love never fails. And you take a look at it. Even if you wanted to, even if you didn't believe, let's say you're not even a believer. You don't believe in the Bible. You don't believe in Scripture. You don't believe in God. That's fine. But if you just take this, I mean, how many times do you look to people Maybe you have a relationship problem, and so you go to a counselor, a therapist, you know, couples counseling, whatever. And Or you're going to look into books and read books about how to build a relationship, and you seek out information, right? So you're seeking out this information on how to make a relationship better or what is love. Well, if you even just took this at face value, not even the spiritual implications behind it, patience, love is patient. Waiting, taking time, maybe not rushing. It's kind. We've talked about kindness on the show. 
acting in kindness towards other others, whatever that might be, but it's showing kindness. Does not envy. Envy is a big thing. A lot of people, whether they show it outwardly or whether it's more inwardly, but there's a lot of envy, wishing you had something that somebody else had. could be a talent. It could be a skill. It could be knowledge. could be a person. But love is not envy. And in this particular case, it's not envious of what the other person has that's in the relationship with you. Maybe they have the better job. Maybe they make more money. Maybe they're more popular in the relationship, but does not envy. Love does not boast. You know, there's two sayings that I like to throw out every once in a while. If it's true, it ain't bragging. And if you've got it, flaunt it. And most of the time when I say that, it's tongue-in-cheek. But love doesn't boast. doesn't need to. Look at me. Look what I've done, especially in the relationship. It's not a proud, proud thing. It's not going to dishonor others, especially that person in the relationship. And this can really be extended out to any of the loves. It could be the Eros love, that romantic love. It could be the brotherly love, the philia love. It could be the agape love. You can insert these things, these characteristics, into any one of those, which then means you can insert these characteristics into any number of relationships that you might have, from your love interest, your love romantic relationship, to your friendships, those that are very close and maybe not so close, you know, kind of like your superficial friends, not superficial in a bad way, but maybe they're just not so close. Your drinking buddies, how about that? And then work relationships. Love doesn't get easily angered. Are you angered by the person you're with in your relationships? It's not self-seeking. How many of you keep records of wrongs? There's always memes floating around social media about how the woman in the relationship doesn't remember what you told them 30 seconds ago or two minutes ago, but remember something from six months ago at 5.07 p.m. on a Sunday night, something that you did wrong. And, of course, it's supposed to be humor. But in the reality of things, love doesn't record wrongs, doesn't remember wrongs, doesn't delight in evil, rejoices in truth, it protects. Are you a protector in your relationships when you're showing love? And then love trusts. That's another big thing, too, is trusting others. You're in a relationship. A lot of people, especially if you've been damaged in a relationship, maybe that trust isn't there. And it's hard to build trust. Trust is earned, obviously. But there's also a mutual initial trust when you get into a relationship or you start seeing somebody or you develop in a relationship, a friendship, whatever, there's always a, an automatic certain level of trust that you have to give. But then ultimate trust is earned, right? And sometimes people that have gotten burned have a hard time trusting. And that could be on the flip side, where then you're pushing people away because you're focusing too much, too much on trust. But again, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient, love is kind, love never fails. You could look at that as a blueprint of what love is, especially at Valentine's Day when you're rethinking love. Or maybe you don't have somebody at Valentine's Day and you're wondering, 
what's love like? What do I, what should I be looking for or whatever the search, you know, maybe those are things to take into consideration as to maybe why, you know, self-evaluation, self-check. It's always good to have self-evaluation. It's always good to check ourselves, right? Maybe we check ourselves against these characteristics, these traits, these ideas, and see where we're failing because maybe people aren't attracted to us because of the way we act, the way we do things. Maybe we're not so trusting. Maybe we're a little envious, envious of a fellow like an ex in that, you know, that person that you like maybe has an ex, maybe a little envious of that ex. Maybe you're not as patient or as kind as you should be in that friendship. But what about 1 John 4, 7 and 8? Beloved, let us love one another. That filial love, brotherly love, because love comes from God, and that's so true. That emotion of love is divine, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Just talks about the fundamental nature of God. God is love. That's not all he is, but God is love. What about Matthew 22? 37 through 39, Jesus said, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, basically your whole self. And then loving God, and then love your neighbor. And your neighbor is everybody. And it goes on to say, love your neighbor as yourself. Do you love yourself? Do you love your neighbors? That's not just your next door neighbor. It's everybody out there. It's everybody else, really. How do you love them? So you have your eros love. You have your philia love, brotherly love. You have your agape love, kind of that charity love, if we'll call it that. And then you have depths of love, kind of like God's love towards us. Our love towards God, our love towards each other, and our love towards things. And we push it all together and you piece it all together, then you really start to understand what love can be about and what love is. There's many songs that talk about love, right? And so movies, we might see a lot of movies that talk about love. And we might get our ideas of what love is. From these movies, from these songs, maybe people we see, parents, maybe our parents or other family relationships, maybe that's where we see love is from. But once we understand what it is, and again, love can be a variety of definitions to many people. There isn't just one definition. How I experience could be different from how you experience it, somebody else. And again, culture is a big thing. Religion is another perspective, depending on your religious beliefs, your cultural heritage, your experiences. It might change. But once you understand what it is, and then you want to experience it, well, how can you show it? So I know what it is, but then how can I show it? And again, maybe we look at the movies, maybe we read books, maybe we're talking to, you know, people we trust. So we're receiving all this information, but there are many things that we can do to show love that goes beyond just what 
other people might think or see or tell us. Because again, their experience is going to be different than what ours is, and their experience might be different from what you're looking for. But the easiest way, okay, so you're taking all three, that romantic love, that brotherly love, and that third kind of charity agape love, that family, that kind of friend love, if you will. What about just verbal affirmation for somebody? What about just telling somebody, expressing love to them for that romantic love, that eros love? It might be, I love you. A parent to a child might be, I love you. Brotherly love, my man, I love you. The same three words can be attributed to three different types of love, three different types of relationships. Or maybe it's other words of affirmation that you give them, expressing your appreciation to who they are, what they do, however it is. But just verbally telling them, I appreciate you. Thank you for all you do. I know it's hard work. I know I don't understand what you do, but thank you. I appreciate you. Everything you do, just give them verbal affirmation. Just express to them how you're feeling about them. And that could be in many forms. It doesn't always have to be serious, too. It could be fun. It could be creative. However, you do you. But, again, it's just expressing how you feel towards them. And give them verbal affirmation and you're showing them love. What about acts of service? Remember in high school, and I think I've seen them recently because I will bounce around from school to school and I might have an assignment at this high school one day and then an assignment teaching over here another day. And back in high school, you used to send out like candy grams. I don't know if they still do that at Valentine's Day because everybody's, you know, there's a, a strong fear of allergic reaction with kids now and candy and food. So I don't know if they do it anymore. But you used to be able to buy a candy gram, you know, whatever it is, 50 cents, and send it to somebody, right? It was just a little a token of appreciation. Or at Valentine's Day, you maybe give somebody a card, or maybe you give them flowers. Maybe the holidays, you know, Christmas time, significant other, friends, you give gifts. You know, so gifts is a big part of it, obviously. It could be little things, just a token of appreciation, or it could be like bigger things, you know, and ultimately maybe a wedding ring. But whatever it is, it's, it's the thought behind it. You're showing love through gifts. But gifts are good, but not always the money behind it, right? So what are some other things that you can do? Well, what about doing different, different tasks, like maybe acts of service, doing something, you know, some chores, maybe running errands, um, you know, a lot of times when somebody passes away, people will bring food. You know, it's an act of service, right, in a time where brotherly love is expressed. Preparing a meal for somebody, you know, watching the kids so they can go out, babysitting, you know, free babysitting. Uh, maybe doing something, mowing the lawn for somebody, you know, whatever it is. Elderly neighbor, do some chores around the house for them. Because maybe they can't do all the chores like they used to. If you're in an area that snows, maybe you shovel snow for somebody. You know, one of the things that happened to me when I moved to Iowa, I grew up in Southern California, so snow was pretty foreign to me. I uh, moved to Iowa for my first radio job. 
and the first snowstorm hit. So enthusiastically, I went out to shovel snow. And I literally had a shovel. Little did I realize that modern technology included snow blowing machines. But so I shoveled my walk, you know, from my from the sidewalk to the front door, shoveled that, kind of shoveled off my driveway. And then as I was shoveling the sidewalk going up the the block, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to continue on and do the neighbors. Again, had no real intent except that I was enthusiastically involved in shoveling snow. I can now say I shoveled snow. So I was pretty excited how quickly that fades, by the way. But just that little act of service, what happened, it was a terrible winter that, that winter. So much snow came. That was unbelievable. It turned out that you ended up no place putting it when you shoveled it. The walls of the snow were so high on the sidewalks and the driveways, you just couldn't put it anywhere. In fact, it got so bad that I stopped shoveling, and I got a note from the post office that said, unless you clear your walk, we're not going to deliver mail anymore. I'm like, fine, I'll just go pick it up because where am I going to put it? But that first act of service, when I cleared the snow, I took it to the neighbors, and I cleared out their sidewalk. Well, he had a snowblower. So the rest of the winter, I never had to shovel the sidewalk again. He just took his snowblower and went right down the sidewalk, right in front of my house, and blew it all out. So then all I was responsible, really, was for my driveway to get my car in and out. An act of service turned into a huge thing for me that first winter. So with little things like that. It could be anything, you know. It could be a young parent. And they're struggling with their first because they're just tired all the time. So you do something for them. Maybe a teacher, a coworker, whatever. But an act of service, something that doesn't involve you going out and buying a gift. Maybe just spending quality time with people. Just engaging in an activity, you know. Depending on where you're at, there's a lot of activities that go on. I know like cornhole is a big deal. Obviously, it's more of a summer type thing, but, you know, there's games like that that can be played or maybe just a game night where you come over and you bring your games or how about just a coffee time? You know, what is it? You have um, in England the tea time, you know, where you, like, have tea and crumpets, I guess. But just getting together and hanging out and talking. Maybe just go to the bar, grab a drink. Whatever it is, just spending time together. I think that's the one thing that sports is good for, is bringing people together. It brings us together to watch something. It brings us together where we can now have quality time together. Obviously, there's other things like um, barn raising, which I know a lot of us don't barn raise anymore. I think the Amish still might do it. Um, back in the old days when this country was becoming you know, developed and it was a lot of farms, you know, people would come together and help raise a barn. But it was an activity that brought the community together for a purpose. And in that bonding, you got to know each other. So quality time is a way to show love. What about just physical attraction? I mean, I'm sorry, physical, yeah, physical attraction leads to physical affection. Just a simple touch. But again, you got to be careful there because, you know, that can get bad in a hurry. But in a relationship, you know, you've got your hugs. Your kisses, your holding hands, cuddling, that type of stuff, the fun stuff. But even sometimes just a, nowadays, you know, when you do that little fist pound, 
the handshake, a pat on the back, you know, something like that can just be showing somebody. Because humans, again, got to be very careful when it comes to physical touch, right? Just know that ahead of time. That's a disclaimer, okay? And so, but every, but people, humans, there's this nature for touch, for connection, whether it's verbal connection and communication, whether it's just being there, whether it's something more, but there's a connection, you know, the high five, the fist bump, the handshake, you know, whatever else you do, you know, the super secret handshakes to get you into clubs and fraternities, but there's a connection for touch. You know, it's proven that babies, when they're held, they grow bigger, stronger, healthier babies that are neglected. They don't grow as well. So the human spirit is designed for connection. Part of that connection is touch. So there's that. And again, we've talked about it, acts of kindness. You know, just what about showing respect and understanding? That's another way of showing love is if you just respect somebody, understand their religion. It might be different than yours. Um, maybe their political views. Maybe you just are supportive of their goals and dreams. Maybe just listen. Um, you know, treating people with respect. Honoring their feelings and opinions. It's another way to show love. Obviously, forgiveness is a big way to show love. Um, realizing that people aren't perfect, that they're going to make mistakes. One of the things that I enjoy is surprise and spontaneity, as they call it. It's like just surprise somebody with something or be spontaneous. Hey, do you want to go do this? Hey, let's do this tonight. Let's do that tomorrow, whatever. Be creative, creativity, spontaneity. Don't just always plan things. People have things planned out all the time. Be spontaneous and surprise the other person. Emotional support. It's another one, another way you can show love towards somebody is just be supportive of them in their time of need, in their time of success, in their time of happiness. Just be there for someone. If you really want to... uh, Show love towards somebody. It's just be there for them. The people that you are there for, whether you're into um, whatever they're doing, like, for example, just showing up to a game, you know, showing up to a game and being a, a, a fan support, even though you don't like soccer or even you don't like wrestling, but you're there for that. It's easier to be there for events and sports that you like. Like for me, it would be baseball. But for others... And other sports, it might be a little bit harder to go and endure watching something. But you're there for them, showing them love. And so, again, when you're going through the idea, the idea and the concept of love, because Valentine's Day is all about it, February focuses on it as you start to ramp up for what should I get somebody? How should I express my love towards somebody? You know, those are some ways of doing it. And then, of course, you got to take care of yourself. you got to love yourself. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, then all the rest of it falls apart. Self-care, self-love, you know, taking care of yourself, your mental health, your physical self, maybe what you eat, maybe doing things that you like to do. Maybe it's okay to not do something, even though you feel like you should, but maybe it's okay to say no so that you can do something that you want to do. 
I think that's a part of selflessness too, right? If you're in a relationship, if you're the one always wanting to do what you want to do, maybe it's time to step back and be selfless and let somebody else do something. But you've got to take care of yourself. And that includes being kind to yourself. Maybe every once in a while you buy yourself a treat. The same things we just talked about. You know, all the stuff we just talked about, you know, give yourself verbal affirmation. Tell yourself you're doing all right. It's okay. You know, we like to focus on the negative. We like to focus on the bad. We like to focus on the things that bring us down. But yet we miss out on the good. So we express express good things to us verbally. Appreciate ourselves. Give ourselves acts of kindness. Do something good for ourselves. Love ourselves. And again, it's mind, body, and soul. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, taking care of ourselves. What about just um, gratitude in general? Gratitude can be a love language. You know, there's a thing out there, you know, there's all kinds of things, but there's what's your love language, um, you know, men are from this planet, women are from that planet, all kinds of stuff. And that's fine, you know, people are different. But some of the common things that are just maybe or should be maybe just natural for us, gratitude, kindness, maybe patience. Maybe we should start, okay, let's just start with gratitude and kindness. Let's just start with there. You know, please, thank you. Uh, Well, I guess more thank you because that's manners, please. But man, just gratitude, thank you. Thank you for you, for being you, for what you're doing. And then kindness for others. Start there, and you might start to see a change in how people see you and act towards you and how you see and act towards other people. Just maybe those two simple things, showing kindness and showing gratitude. And make that the foundation of your love. Because the biggest thing is, why aren't I in a relationship? Why aren't I in love? Why does nobody like me? Why, why, why is this happening to me? You know, the bad stuff. I'm not in a relationship. First of all, a relationship isn't going to be the end all to your problems in life. In fact, it might contribute to more of them. Know that. But you got to take steps. Okay. First off, start with yourself. Are you taking care of yourself? How do you look? How do you feel? How do you act towards others? How do you act towards yourself? Are you confident? Are you expressing gratitude just to people in general? Are you expressing kindness to people in general? Those could be some very simple things, again, to get you to show others how you are, what type of person you are. Maybe your appearance. You know, appearance is the first impression. Just like any present you get, it's the wrapping that we look at. And then once you unwrap it, now the wrapping, unless you're one of those weird few people that recycle wrapping because you take the tape off gently or maybe you use a knife to cut the tape and then you unfold the wrapper. Wrapping paper is meant to be ripped off. If you want to recycle something, use a gift bag. But again, start there. And then some other steps, if you're looking for something, could be simple as nowadays internet dating. Swipe right, swipe left. Easy as it comes. At one time, it might have been taboo. Not so much these days. Do internet dating or uh, online, whatever it's they do, you know, profile. 
Put your profile online somewhere. Again, and make sure you do it right. Have good pictures. Make sure they're recent, not from your high school days. Make sure they're appropriate. Nobody wants to see pictures of you, you know, in a tank top, flexing your guns, pounding a six-pack. Make it presentable. Remember, you're a brand. You're a person. You're a person, but you're a brand. You're out there trying to kind of sell your brand. This is who I am. So be real and be honest because you don't want to misrepresent yourself and false advertise, which is a huge thing out there with a lot of stuff, false advertisement. But be you. Be genuinely you. But you can put a profile out there that's nice, that people are going to want to respond to. And again, remember, that profile is just the wrapping. Because once they, what, swipe right, if you like somebody and left, if you don't, or maybe it's the other way around, whatever it is, eventually you make the connection, right? Or if you, in the old days, used to have to go out someplace, activities and meet people, you're attracted to them. That's the wrapping. Then once you get to know them, now you might be like, oh, wait a minute. This person had some great wrapping, great pictures, nice profile, but whoa, red flags, no. Or it might be, wow, this person is even better than I thought. You know, their wrapping was nice. It was elegant, classic, but whoa, underneath it's even more. It's like that diamond in the rough that you find. And so now you start to meet people. But you got to take steps too, proactive steps. And the biggest fear that people have, especially when it comes to relationships, is the fear of being rejected, rejection. People are going to say no. You're not everybody's cup of tea. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. In fact, for some people, I'm an acquired taste, just in general. For others, I'm an addiction. Can't get enough of me. And for others, it's somewhere in between. That's fine. But I'm going to be me regardless because I'm not going to change. Because people are going to see me, and then they're going to be like, oh, you are. Actually, I guess the one thing that does occur more than not is that people, especially students, so I'll walk into a classroom maybe in the first day and maybe the first week they get to know me and they think that I'm going to be mean for some reason or that's what I've been told by students who have known me for a long time. Then they talk about me later when I ask them, you know, and get to know each other and we start having conversation. I ask them, what's your first impression? And they say, well, I thought you were going to be mean or you're going to be gruff or rough. But then you turn out to be a nice person, maybe one of the nicest people I met. Don't know why. Do I look mean? Do I look rough? Someone said that it was just because maybe I'm confident. But so you might get a change like that, maybe something for the better. What I'm talking about is you want to put your best self out there, the, the, the real self out there. That's your best self. Let them know who you are because you don't want to be with somebody under false pretenses. And you don't want to have to pretend to keep that relationship going. So just be yourself. And put yourself out there and take some steps. And don't be afraid of rejection. If they say no, then that person just wasn't meant to be. And again, if you're somebody that is maybe a believer, God has a plan for you. God has that person for you. So maybe you pray about it. Asking God to bring that person into your life. And that might require some waiting in God's time. But you want to be careful because there are mistakes that we make. I mean, divorce rate is high. Now millennials don't want to get married. Um, there's all kinds of things in relationships that can go wrong, right? 
Uh, first of all, it starts with lack of communication. We don't talk. Got to talk, right? Talk it out. If we're going to forgive, then we've got to talk about what went wrong. If we're going to be selfless, we got to talk about what do you like. If you want to give a gift, you want to give something that's relevant, right? You're not going to give somebody a, a football if they're into like playing the piano or the drums or something. You want to give something appropriate, right? So you got to talk to them, get to know their interests. One of the, I guess, things that you can do is if you meet somebody, and I, I guess from just from talking to people, especially college kids, it's fun to talk to them about their relationships and how they meet people. It's, it's, it's wackadoodle all over the place. I mean, it's all kinds of craziness. It is one big, like, reality TV. But the ones that do make it through the nuttiness at a younger age do mention communication and talking. So that's a key, communication. Obviously, when and in communicating, you're going to understand what red flags are. What are these red flags? Are there any? Are there pink flags? Maybe a little, hmm, and then they turn out to be red flags later or maybe nothing at all. But through communication, you can find out a lot of things. You also then, you know, want to set up your boundaries because if you don't set boundaries, then things can get crazy in a hurry. You can get taken advantage of. You can take advantage of others without even knowing it. And then they resent you for that. So you want to set up your boundaries too. So if you're looking for somebody and you're in the the season of trying to find romance, friendships, partnerships, you know, you're getting to know coworkers, whatever it might be. First off, you communicate with them. Obviously, you got to go out and introduce yourself and meet them. So do that, whether it's online dating, whether it's going out and meeting somebody, whether it's approaching them in the break room, at work, whatever it might be. And then you want to communicate with them, get to know them, find out more about them through communication, and then set your boundaries, you know, so they know where you are and where they are, so nobody can be taken advantage of. And then just stick to the relationship, you know. we. Um, I say this time and time again. You can't compare your situation and yourself to anybody else. People try to compare all the time, and that's not going to happen. You want to make sure that you do you, your relationship your way, your friendships your way. Now, obviously, there's a common decency type of way of doing things, right? There's commonality. There's society standards, okay? You're not going to become a friend with somebody and then go, you know, mooch off of them and live on their couch and take advantage of them. There's, you know, society norms when it comes to relationships, when you start things. Obviously, again, religion, culture, norms. But again, as you're going through this, your relationship and your friendships and your partnerships are going to be different than others. So don't compare yourself. Um, make sure it's an equal back and forth because you don't want to be controlling. You know, you want to make sure that you are open, you know, forgiveness. It's the same thing, showing forgiveness, showing kindness. I really don't think it's all that difficult to engage in building relationships with people. Again, the hardest thing is rejection. People don't want to approach others because it's of rejection. And when you're talking about those three stages of love or those three areas of love, eros, the romantic love, philia, 
brotherly love, agape. Filial love is probably the easiest, a brotherly love. Agape, again, that's you towards somebody else. And hopefully they reciprocate, but you're doing it not expecting something in return. You're doing it because you want to, because you're showing love towards other people. But then what happens when you get into that Eros love, that romantic love? Well, now it's got to be kind of both ways, right? It's got to go back and forth. And that's where rejection can really set in. You know, friendships kind of naturally come together, cultivate, and produce a friendship on its own. Some more in-depth than others, some more surface. But you got to get out there. And that's what these things fit in. These things can fit in into any one of those. If you're looking for more friendships, maybe you're going to a new school. You just started a new job. Maybe you just got a job. Maybe you moved into a new neighborhood, a new community. Maybe you had to move out of a, a state that's depressive and oppressive, and now you need to find new friends. All this can be fit into any number of those things. It's not too hard. You just got to put yourself out there. And depending on where you go, sometimes it's easier because the people there are already doing that. They're reaching out to you. You know, the other aspect that might be overlooked often, because when you talk about Valentine's Day and you talk about love, is that of friendships that might have been broken, that need mending. I mean, you think about Valentine's Day is usually for people that are together, right? You're going to, especially young lovers, you're together, you're all excited about each other, and now you got to do Valentine's Day. Fine. The more seasoned pros might be like, mm, no, let's just skip Valentine's Day because I don't need one day out of the year to tell you my affections for you. I've got 364 other days or 365 if you're leap year. So you don't put the, the pressure on for Valentine's Day. But what about those relationships that need mending? Friendships. Acquaintances. Maybe business work relationships, partnerships, whatever. I'm not talking about maybe stalking your ex to try to get them back. But maybe you need to mend a broken friendship. Maybe now's the time to think about it. Reflect on what went wrong. What was your role in it? Are you responsible for how much of it? Or is it just them? Sometimes it could just be the other person, but a lot of times it might involve both or maybe just you. Maybe you try to reach out and communicate something simple as, you know, hey, we used to be friends, you know, just like to find out what went wrong. Or, hey, just want to apologize for, you know, my part in our friendship falling apart. Or, hey, I'm confused about this situation or it hasn't been a while. Let's get together. You know, reaching out, communicating. And then if you have done something, obviously you want to apologize for it, right? And you might have to be the first person to apologize. Now, again, this goes back to if you really want to mend that friendship. There could be friendships that are done and they're just done. There could be family relationships that are just over and you want no part of mending that relationship. That's fine. That's your call. It's your life. There's not one size fits all. But this is if you want to. Again, think about what went wrong. What role did you have to play in it? Reach out. Communicate. Apologize if you have to. It might not be a quick fix. It might take some time. It might take a long time. 
you never know. But you got to give it time for that healing. Because even though that friendship is over and now you want to mend, it doesn't mean that that mending is healing. It might start the healing process, but healing might take time. So it might take a little bit. You know, they do say time heals all wounds, but there are some scars that remain. And those scars might be there for the rest of the relationship, but you got to know takes time. And then, of course, you want to maybe set out a plan, depending on what happened, on what you can do to make amends. You know, outside of the apology, was it a monetary thing that was involved? Was it something else that was involved? Maybe other people that were involved? Whatever it was, you want to take actions to, first of all, address what went wrong, and then take steps to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Because we don't want to go down that route again, so we need to take precautions build up hedges around the relationship, around ourselves. And continue that conversation, that communication, making sure that the friendship as it's being mended, other things aren't being brought in. Because oftentimes we're going to focus on one thing or focus on mending the relationship and both parties recognize that, okay, we're both wrong in this area. But then we start bringing in outside things, other things. Okay, we know that we've done that. We're getting past it. Let's not keep bringing the past. We've got to look towards the future. So, again, you got to set your boundaries. These are going to be the rules, the parameters of, you know, mending the friendship. Could also work if you're getting back together with, you know, a former uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, significant other. And, again, don't always focus on the negative. You've got to get over that. Look at the things that were good. Oftentimes, you like to focus on the bad. But look at the good that happened, all the good times, the good memories, the fun times you had together. If you need an intermediator, uh, someone from the outside to help, you know, maybe there's that. Someone, a third party who has no, like, not interest. I'm like, I'm not interested in this, but no interest or vestedness into the relationship that can see objectively that might be able to help. And again, just be patient and continue. Be persistent if you really want to because sometimes mending that relationship might take some time and it might take more time than you think or you want, but just know it might take time. So as Valentine's Day comes and goes or any significant holiday that involves a a friend, a romantic partner, anytime you're dealing with love in general, that romantic love, that eros love, that brotherly love, that philia love, or that agape love, that charitable type of love, whatever it is, you've got to let it go out of you into other people because you can't expect people to love you and then you not put it out there yourself. And for the most part, you want to be able to set yourself, well, at least I put it this way, If I'm going to do something, the first thing I'm going to do is not expect anything in return. So I'm going to put it out there. Dealing with any of those loves. I'm just going to put it out there. Obviously, the Eros love, you expect something more in return because it's a partnership. Two people are involved. But you want to put it out there. Not expect anything in return. Be confident in who you are and what you've got going for yourself. You know, maybe you've got talents and abilities and skills that 
are different from the group that you're running in. You know, I guess the best way to think about it is if you use the old analogy of the geeks and the jocks. If you're a geek running in a jock world, may not have too much success. If you're a jock running in the geek world, may not have too much success in life. You've got to find your peeps. Find the right group. Once you find the right group of people, then you might have more success in relationships. You might have more success in life, in dealing with people. Sometimes people aren't meant to be in your life. Other times, they come in for a season. And as the seasons come and go, people may enter and leave, and others might be there for the duration of your life. But it's going to take work on your part. And again, be confident in who you are, in knowing who you are, and not sacrificing or compromising you. goes back to that self-care, taking care of yourself. And then be patient. That's the hardest thing. Be patient. You know, it's always like the people that are in relationships are telling you, oh, it's going to happen. You're a great person. Just be patient. Yeah, it's easy for them to say that, right? But it is true. It might take a little time. Don't rush it. Because if we rush it, we might jump the gun and get into a relationship or situation that wasn't meant to be. And now, oh, we've got problems because it's not working out. It's better to be a little patient and wait for the right person to come along than to jump the gun. And now we've got all kinds of issues we have to deal with because we weren't patient enough. And then ultimately, it comes down to, again, my personal belief is God's in control. You know, God loves us that he sent his son to die on the cross for us. If he loves us that much, then he's got a plan for us and our life. And we just have to be patient and follow the plan. Be in prayer about it. God, send me the right person to be with for the rest of my life. Send me some good friends, some good coworkers, some business partners, and talk to him about it. And then wait on his timing because his timing is perfect. Realizing that God is love. And then if you want to go back to a, a, a blueprint, I guess you can say, if you're looking for a blueprint for love or what to experience, go back to 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It, do, um, it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, Love never fails. And I think we should put a context in there. If you take it in a, because I see that a lot. Love never fails. But it's God's love never fails. And God's love towards us never fails. Our love towards him might fail. Our love towards each other might fail. But God's love towards us never fails. Now, if we're in God, now our love's in God and my love towards you would be through God's love, and that never fails. So just something to think about. 
as Valentine's Day comes and goes, as the year comes and goes, as other special holidays come and go, as people in your life come and go. But especially at this time of year, you've got an emphasis on love because of Valentine's Day. And it's the pressure with having to buy the gifts, spend the money, impress the other person. The society's pressures on you, the commercialism of it all. But again, if you were going to be spontaneous, provide flowers the day before, 95% cheaper or whatever it is, a lot cheaper. Or if you want to, on Valentine's Day, give them, buy them the night before and then give them the next day. Whatever, you do you, however you want to do it. But just know that there's more than one way to celebrate love. And the best way to do it is how you want to. But maybe some of this might be helpful. This is Two Steps Ahead podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Check out our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. A couple things going on there. You can click the uh, podcast logo and the show page pops up. And on our show page has a lot of videos that you can watch. There's an orange banner that goes across. That's our SoundCloud, which is our audio portion. If you click on that, it takes you to our SoundCloud page. You can actually download audio episodes and take them with you on the go. Or you can just watch the video ones. We're on Rumble and YouTube. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Edify, etc. Or you can just do an internet search, TWO, Two Steps Head Podcast, and we pop up. You can email the show, TWO, Two Steps steps Head Podcast at gmail.com. Instagram, Facebook, or social media, all the same. You can check us out there. You can reach us through those social media uh, sites as well. And um, reach out if you need to. Have more questions, comments, whatever it is. Always know that there's going to be somebody on the other end, and you can always reach out anytime you want, and somebody will be there. I'll get need time to get back to you, but I'll get back to you. And then um, if I can't help you, somebody else I know might be able to, and I can connect you. But either way, if you need somebody, I am here. Go ahead and reach out, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast at gmail.com, or you can DM me on social media, on Instagram, on uh, Facebook, And again, you can either do an internet search and you can find us. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.